Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Privilege and honor every time to minister God's word. Uh, let's just say a word of prayer. Father, this morning we are just so excited about you and your word and your presence. Lord, what a privilege to just be here in this atmosphere with angels ministering to us. Heaven so real, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is an atmosphere. Amen. There is a glory atmosphere here. And I want us to just plug into that. There is a spirit realm that is just open and available for us to reach out and, and just re- reach out for some things from God. And, you know, I just believe so strongly there are angels just ministering to people here, depositing things in your spirit as you just stay open. Forget about everything that you, uh, you have out there in the world right now and just plug into God's presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I had a very interesting experience last night. Uh, I don't know, I just been, feel inspired to share. I was supposed to wake up at 12.15 to pick up my daughter from, uh, she went to, you know, a trip to Kochi. So I napped at 10.30 and, the, uh, you know, my son said, Mama, you sleep, I'll wake you up at 12.15. Uh, so I was, you know, dozed off preparing for the sermon. And uh, in between my sleep, I heard in one year, uh, people praying in tongues. Just in one year. And it was so clear, very softly praying in the spirit. And I opened my eyes, it was 12.13. And I went to the boys uh, and I said, hey, okay, guys, let's go. So they were like busy, you know, doing stuff. I was thinking, what was that? You know, it was like, uh, I don't know what it was. It was such an amazing feel. It was, it was like I was plugged into some other dimension. I don't know if someone was awake praying at 12.15 and, you know, I just got a glimpse of that and God used that as an alarm to wake me up. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was such a beautiful, just in one year I could, I could just hear people praying in tongues. You know, the things we're doing uh, in the natural uh, there's way more happening in the spirit realm. Amen. There's like a whole another dimension out there. And we are so caught up with the, the, the world here that we miss out the things that God is doing in the spirit realm. Amen. So as we sit here, I just want our spirits uh, to be open. I believe the Holy Spirit will, uh, will minister to you. So what I want to talk about today is about the transformational journey of a Christian, of a disciple of Jesus. Uh, how many have ever seen a caterpillar turning into a butterfly? I mean, actually seen it, I'm sure very few, right? At least on Animal Planet or, you know, National Geographic. Seen it, bits and pieces, yeah? It's a very fascinating process for, because I was preparing for this. Uh, I watched a couple of videos and I was like, wow, God is so amazing. It's not just the caterpillar or the butterfly, actually, that goes through this process. Uh, there are a lot of other, you know, insects and animals that go through processes of transformation in their life cycles. Now, for the caterpillar, uh, we know, all of us, you know, remember, go back, going back to your fourth and fifth grade uh, biology, may remember it's called metamorphosis, right? Remember that? Yeah, the kids will, I hope, you know, remember that. Uh, so the caterpillar, the, the, the egg hatches into this uh, caterpillar or, and, you know, the, the, few days as soon as the, the egg hatches, this organism is extremely voracious eater. It just gobbles up everything around it. it. It eats up the leaf it is on, it eats up the neighboring leaves as well. And within a few days, expands so quickly that it has to shed its skin, I think, one or two times, if not more. 
And after that, the caterpillar goes into its cocoon. And it is there for about 10 days. And in the cocoon, there is a complete degradation of the caterpillar. But if you actually break open the cocoon at that time, all you will get is some kind of jelly. All of it just gets broken down and then put back together into what we call a butterfly. And once this, this transformation happens, the caterpillar has to break out of this cocoon and spread out its wings and it is a completely new creature. Isn't that amazing? I found that so totally fascinating how God uh, designs things in nature. You know, God speaks a lot through nature. You know, watching uh, things around us, it's, it's God talking. Amen? So, the Christian life is also a metamorphosis journey. And where we are being transformed from one creature to another. Right? And the caterpillar takes a few days, we take a lifetime. But the point is that if the caterpillar gets stuck at any point, say inside the cocoon, he decides, I don't want to become a butterfly. I'm happy in the jelly stage. He aborts the process of metamorphosis and stays there. It, he never will grow into the, the full plan or purpose of what God had designed for him. And I wonder if so many of us in the church are like that, where we've become born again and we are in the caterpillar phase where we're voraciously eating everything around us, not naturally, but in the flesh, you know, we're all flesh and uh, growing fat, right? Uh, in, in, the, in the spirit even, you know, maybe just... Uh, the, the caterpillar has very little benefit for anyone else. Once it becomes a butterfly, uh, it is free. The caterpillar is big and fat, the butterfly is beautiful, free, can fly about, can do so much more. Uh, the, the butterfly is beneficial, yeah? You know, it helps pollination, it helps the, the plants and the flowers and it's a whole, it's like a whole different genetic coding. But it's actually the same creature that becomes, moves from one thing to another. Metamorphosis. And the scriptures talk about the metamorphosis of a disciple. And talks about us also being transformed into something else. And we have to be, and this journey is not a 10 day journey like it is for the caterpillar. It is a lifelong journey. And at some point if we get stuck saying, this is it, this is all I can do, I can't grow any more than this, we become the caterpillar or the larva or whatever it is, stuck in the cocoon, never reaching the full potential of what God has for us. Amen. Now our sin nature that we all are born with, it's genetically coded into us, right? We all have things that we don't like about ourselves. And maybe when you were growing up, they said, that's, that's your mom's, that's from your mom's side of the family. You know, you got that thing. Or that's from your dad's side of the family. I've, I've seen it in your uncle, I've seen it in your granddad, and you got it too. Right? How many of us have ever heard something like that? Or am I the only one? Yeah? You have things handed down that maybe you don't like. And then you're told that it's, you know, it's your DNA or your genetic code and all of that, and you can't change it. But the Word says differently. And I have good news for you. Because God's word says 
that we are born again with a new incorruptible seed. Amen. Does that give you hope like it gives me? I just hold on to this word. Every time I'm, you know, I struggle to, to change some stuff that I know, you know, it's like, you know, I know it's, it's like, it's ingrained. I think I am born again. Hallelujah. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The, the seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. That opens up for me a door to infinite potential. Amen. The seed that I have been born again with. First Peter 1 Peter 1.21 and verses 23 is where we read that being born again, not by corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You know, something I keep telling both myself and, you know, people. We are born again not to be nice people, but to be new people. You know, if we think that the point of being born again or the point of believing on Jesus is to live a nice life, to be a, just a law-abiding citizen that doesn't do anything wrong or that lives by the book and that's all we are called for, we are wrong. We are born again with an incorruptible seed to be a new creation. And if you're not moving towards that, we are stuck in the cocoon. We are born again not to be nice people, well-behaved, you know, that clap your hands nicely when the, in the Sunday service and you know, know just how to behave right but we're not new. You don't want to be nice. We want to be new. I want to be new. I'm not, I, I don't want to be nice. You know, I, I want to work on being nice. I think if I'm going to be new, I'll be nice. Yeah? If I can work on being the new creation, if I can work on bringing out this seed, this incorruptible seed of the word of God through which I've been born again, I'm sure I'll be nice. Yeah? Amen? So the concept of our, what we have of, uh, what is my journey in, as a Christian? What is my journey as a disciple? Uh, according to what the Word of God says is transformation. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The caterpillar has nothing in it that it gets into the butterfly. You know, the whole shape, the whole structure is reorganized to become a butterfly. When we are in Christ, everything that is old gets passed away. And some things completely new that were just never there now become a part of us. All things have become new. So what is this incorruptible seed that we are born again with? This, the seed is the seed of the word of God. Every word that God speaks is seed. Every word that proceeds from God's mouth has God potential in it. And it has the power in it to create Christ wherever it is sown. The seed of God is the word of the Lord. There's so much power every time God's word gets planted somewhere. Where is this seed Coming from, in Matthew 13, we know the parable of the sower. God is sowing this seed everywhere. Whenever his word is proclaimed, whenever his word is spoken all over the internet, you know, there's millions and millions of seed. It's what is it? God potential. 
It's Christ likeness being thrown everywhere for whoever will catch it, take it, sow it, nurture it and bring forth harvest. But the word of God very clearly tells us that all of the seed does not become what it is meant to be. Just like we know, you know, a farmer sows millions of seed, every single one of them does not bring a harvest. Very few do. And what is the potential of this seed? This seed has God's nature. This seed has God's power in it. And this is the seed with which Christ Jesus was born and conceived. If you're wondering how did Jesus being, you know, out of Mary, how can he not have had Mary's blood flowing in him or Mary's DNA in him? You know, if you know the principle of surrogacy, where, you know, in the medical field, we have surrogate mothers who, where an embryo is just implanted into a woman's womb. There is absolutely no mixing of the blood of the mother and the baby. Not the mother, not the biological mother, the surrogate mother. All she gives is a womb for this embryo to grow. The embryo is completely another DNA. It's, come, it's not her child at all. All she gives is a place to grow that baby. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit with the, DNA, the same DNA that God gave Adam, who was the son of God. Amen. God, didn't, God created Adam's DNA. And the same way Jesus himself was the son of God, the seed was implanted into a woman who was Mary. She was just a surrogate mother. There was no mixing of blood or DNA. And Jesus was completely the son of God. And he is called the Word of God. He is his Word. And everywhere his Word gets sown, it has the potential to grow his nature and his power. Mary received the seed and said, Be it unto me according to your word. She gave permission for the seed of the Word of God to be planted in her. The seed of the word of the Lord is being thrown around every single day, every single week, every Sunday. But how many of us can know how to just take that word, not just Sunday. You know, if Sunday is the only word you're getting, you're going to be really starved of, of word, or really starved in the spirit. Every one of us needs to learn to nurture and to sow the word in us. So the, what is the seed and what is its potential? It is the potential of Christ himself which is the nature of Jesus and the power of Jesus. We don't just want to have his nature without his power. Amen? Even Jesus, like we sang, walked into the room. There was resurrection power where he went. And I believe the seed of the word of God has the same power in it wherever it's being sown. Can we increase our faith to believe that this seed through which we're born again is not just ordinary, you know, regular seed. It is the seed of the incorruptible nature and power of God. How is it sown every time we hear it? You know, there's, it's not just the seed of the word of God that's sown. Whatever you are listening to, you're sowing seed. Whatever hits your auditory cortex creates, you know, uh, an inner voice. Whatever you're hearing all the time becomes your inner voice. It becomes your belief system. You know, some of you, especially I want to tell young people, you know, what, what music you're listening to, you may say, oh, it's just nice music, I'm not listening to the words, I'm not listening to the lyrics, uh, you know, I'm, I just like the music. You are sowing seed for your future. It will bear a harvest. So be careful what you're sowing. 
we know so many young people that just listen to you know metal and all of that you know satanic music because they like it it's fun it's nice it sounds nice and we if you know the end of most of these people they end up depressed and suicidal because that's the seed they've sown and it bears a harvest sometime or the other whatever we hear whatever we are listening to is seed we're sowing so let us be you know mindful and careful for what we hear all day long little children grow up you know whatever you speak to them becomes their inner voice parents whatever you say to them it becomes it, it become it's forming a uh, a voice in their minds about who they are and what they believe about themselves in that context let me encourage us if if if, if any of you have not tried this to read the word aloud when you're reading your bibles how many of us fall asleep feel sleepy distracted the last thing you know i'm reading ezekiel the last thing i want to know is the measurements of the temple that the angel is you know holding the rod out for chapters about three or three chapters of that uh, but i still know it is the this god it's got to be something in there okay and uh, start reading it out loud I, at a young age i would just read the word out loud and why because when you speak it and you hear it you are changing both the, your atmosphere as well as your mind when you hear it it's going to form an inner voice for you you must allow you know yourself to hear the word you know like really hear it because it's the father's voice that will guide you and speak to you in the seasons that you need it amen so everything you're listening to is seed that you're sowing so let's take a stock of what we actually listen to all the time we listen to other stuff the whole day and then we have 5 minutes reading two chapters a day it's not going to do anything there's no there's hardly you know any seed being sown there the word of god has uh, you know talks about the different kinds of seed before that mark 424 says in this context take heed what you hear for whatever measure you use it will be measured back to you take heed what you hear because whatever you're going to hear it's seed and it will multiply and it also says in luke 818 take heed how you hear so take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear if you are not hearing diligently then you don't get a harvest but whatever you whatever you are giving whatever is is given to you it says it will get multiplied so if you want to listen to you know demonic stuff then you're just opening the door for demons to get in don't wonder why you're depressed and oppressed and suicidal amen young people i really pray that you know some some chains will break and we'll take some radical steps to uh, to watch what we hear and to be careful because the enemy has an agenda amen it's not just music it's the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy it's not just entertainment there is an agenda behind it there's an agenda behind the entertainment right so we need to be guarded and watchful because we've been sown with another seed now what happens to the seed once it's sown we know the parable of the sower right what are the four kinds of soil that seed is sown what's the first kind come on real love first is the is the soil on the wayside right this soil is not ready at all to receive seed it's just there but everybody has you know free free going in on this road on this kind of heart everything comes and goes here there's no preparation to receive the seed and the word tells us that the moment it's sown on this kind of soil the enemy comes in takes it plucks it out and in disappears because he does not so less that the heart believes and is saved 
You hear the word, some of our hearts are the wayside. By the time you hit the door, that door or this door, it's gone completely. Whatever you heard disappears from your mind. Now you wonder, what did I hear? What was pastor's sermon, you know, two days ago? I had this, so Rick Warren has this study for us pastors, very disappointing. 90 to 95% of what people hear preached on Sunday is forgotten in 72 hours. 95% of what I'm going to say is gone. I know, you know, while I'm saying it, I know it's gone. So I was telling them, we should probably just preach 5% of the message for a whole 45 minutes. And we can be sure that that 5% is going to go in. But myself included, we, it's, we have so much information coming in that it's so hard to retain things unless we're intentional about sowing the seed of the Word of God. There is no way that we can get the harvest that God wants us to. YouTube and, you know, everything is just so entertaining. And they have millions of seed they want you to have. Here, take, go. You know, the devil says, don't let the good seed get in. So our hearts are wayside. Immediately, it says, immediately the enemy comes, the devil comes, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Then the second type of soil is the ones on the, the rocky ground, right? So the ones on the rock, now these guys, they receive the word with joy, they're excited, oh, that was such an amazing word. And the roots start to go deep, but there's so much stuff in there, so much rocky you know, things that need to be plowed out, that the roots are just not able to go deep. And then the minute trial hits, temptation hits, they're gone. So the roots, the roots are trying to go deeper and trying to get a hold, but they're just not able to because big boulders, you know, that need to go are inside their heart. It's the same seed, but it's just different kinds of heart. The third kind of heart that we know, the third kind of soil, is the, the thorny soil, right? Here the seed is growing, it's taking root, but the only thing is, there's a lot of other seeds as well that are growing. And these seeds, what, which are called thorns or weeds, are taking away all of the nutrition that should have gone to the good seed. So they're depriving the good seed of what it should have got, and sooner or later the good seed will wither. What are you feeding? Which seed are you taking care of? Which seed are you nurturing? You know, what is, what is constantly speaking to you in your mind? Is it what the enemy has to say? Or is it the seed of God's word that in your heart you... You know, if the Holy Spirit shows us what the boulders are and what the thorns are, you know, the, the thorns are described as three things. The cares of this world, anxieties, worries, the riches, the, the love for riches and pleasures of this life are called the thorns that come and choke the seed of the word of God. God's word has such potential. What potential? Infinite potential. Incorruptible seed. It has Christ himself in it. But so many other things can come in, destroy that potential that God has for us and not allow us to grow into to metamorphose into that butterfly that we're called to be and we get stuck in the cocoon. Amen. What is this harvest that this seed is supposed to bring? Yeah, the, the fourth kind of soil, like we said, are those that hear the word and it says they receive it, they understand it, and they bear fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, 
and some 30. So they've cleared their hearts out. They've cherished the seed. They've watered it. They've nourished it. They've pulled out the weeds. They've taken care that, oh, this seed has to grow, right? How many of us do gardening? How many of you do gardening? I have like one pot uh, inside my house. It's really hard to take care of. Okay, so definitely not. Uh, ah, there, see, we have, we have some aunties who are like expert gardeners uh, that, you know, they, they know, they know how to take care of and they know how much effort it takes to make a plant grow, right? It's a lot of hard work. You have to get the weeds out. You have to clear out the soil, give the manure. The same for your own heart. What's happening in there? Is the seed of God's word able to grow or is there so much other things in there that it isn't? What is the harvest that this seed is supposed to bring? The harvest is what is in the seed which is the nature and the power of Christ. That is the harvest that God wants to see coming out in us. Galatians chapter 4 verses 19 Paul says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you. He says, I'm not travailing to see you happy and wealthy or rich or blessed or, you know, all of that. I'm travailing. I want to see Jesus in you. I want to see Christ manifesting in you. I want to see you come out of being a you know, babies in the Lord to see you demonstrate the nature and the power of Jesus. When we grow the seed of the word of God, we get transformed into what? Not just nice people, but transformed into the image of Christ Jesus. You know, one son of God was enough to tear the kingdom of the the devil down. Amen. He hates that more sons of God rise. He hates that the image of Jesus, he, you know, he hates the image of Jesus itself. He says he hates it when Christ is formed. He hates it when people are acting like Jesus. He hates it when people are loving like Jesus and forgiving like Jesus. Because his, his kingdom works on the weapons of hatred and anger and revenge and bitterness. And when someone starts walking in love and mercy and forgiveness, he hates it because those weapons are way more powerful the weapons of the enemy's kingdom. You know, love is a powerful weapon. Forgiveness is a powerful weapon. The enemy trembles if you forgive. Because if you forgive, you've just broken his hold over, over your life. Amen. Christ-likeness is the harvest the seed is supposed to bring. And let me share this verse, Second Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, where Peter talks about, uh, you know, how... The word and the promises of God enable us to partake of the divine nature. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness by which we have been given, have been given to us exceedingly great And precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. You know, God is not sitting up on his throne and just saying, everybody worship me down here. Tell me how great I am. But he sits on his throne and he says, come and be like me. Is that awesome? Is that awesome that he calls us to partake of the divine nature? I think I find that so exciting. 
I find that this amazing God who is sitting on his throne is saying, you know, you don't have to be like that. You can come up here and be like me. You can be love like me. You can be kindness like me. And I find such an invitation in that. Come partake of the divine nature. Wow. That's where the church is called to. That's where the sons and daughters of God are called to. Not just to fix behavior, but to partake of, you know, we get to be like him. That should excite us. That should, that should excite us to pursue after growing this seed in our hearts. Because that is the potential. Amen. That's the invitation. And we can choose to stay back and say, I don't know, I want to, you know, I want to be that nice. I don't, want to, I don't know if I want to be like Jesus, you know. Is, is, that, is that too tall an order? What does it cost? You know, I don't know if I really want. I'm, I'm okay here, like somewhere in between. Uh, or I can stay in the cocoon a little. I know I'm safe there. No, there's such glory in there. Yeah, why would we, why would we fall or stop short when he's calling us to a glorious, glorious life in him? Amen. That's, this, is the, this is the inheritance that is given to the church. It says, through exceedingly great and precious promises. What is that? His word. Every time his word comes to you, it's a promise that's saying, partake of my nature. Become like me. You know, he says, be holy because I'm holy. It's such potential to walk in holiness. Right? You know, it's not a, it's not a be holy because I'm holy. It's like, come on guys, I'm holy. You can be holy like me. You can walk in holiness. You don't have to walk in, you know, under the, the chains of the devil. You get to partake of divine nature. We don't want to live beyond, below what, what God has for us. Amen? So the seed that is in you is calling you to live a higher life. It's calling you to live the Christ kind of life. So, and if we grow and we nurture that seed, Christ gets formed in us. And this is a lifelong journey. It doesn't end uh, you know, we never reach a place where we say, I've attained. I'm like Jesus. I know if you think that you are, most probably you're not, okay? You can just ask your spouse. They will tell you I'm not like Jesus. You are, okay? Because it is, you know, Paul, if Apostle Paul at the end of his life in Philippians 3 is saying this, not that I have, you know, he says, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. And you know, you're like, I mean, Paul, if anyone knows Jesus, it has to be you. But he's there saying, I want to know him. I want to know him more. And he says, not like I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Paul says, I still want to know him even more. I want to be like him. I want to know his resurrection power. I want to know what it is like to fellowship in his suffering. And he said, I've done a lot of stuff, but I've not got there yet. I'm still going after. I'm still pressing on. Have we gotten stuck in our cocoon? Have we gotten stuck thinking, either we've tried so hard and we can't do it and so we've given up, or we're so content with where we are and we think this is enough. That we're not pursuing transformation. We're not pursuing becoming the glory of Jesus. We're not pursuing like, well, I press, I press on. I'm going after. I'm st- I've still not attained. You know, for Impact Conference, for those that attended, Pastor used the word catalambano, right? I l- want to lay hold. I want to catalambano that which for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. He laid hold of me for a purpose. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want that purpose or not. 
He said, no, I, I want what he laid hold of me for. I want to make it reach fulfillment. He said, the caterpillar has got to be a butterfly. Don't get stuck in the cocoon. Don't get stuck in the middle. Amen. We, have, we, were, we are pursuing the nature and the image of Jesus. So pressing toward the goal, it doesn't end on this life. We are predestined. If you're wondering, oh, can I ever get there? Romans 8.29 says, Those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to what? The image of his son. So you're already predestined to become like Jesus. You can stop the process. You can stop yourself from going all the way. He says, you are called to be like my son. You are called to have the image of my son in you. Are we falling short? You know, when Jesus, before his death, takes his disciples, three of them, up the mountain. And it says, while he was there praying, he gets transformed, transfigured, it's called. Because his figure, his appearance, just changes. And he shines like they say, the sun in all its glory. His clothes are whiter than snow. His face, you know, it's glorious. The disciples were like, what is this? And, you know, they don't know what to do. They, they're like, you know, in their awkwardness, say, Lord, let's make a, you know, a, temp, a, a tent for you. That image of Jesus was, is the image of who he really was. He just stepped out of his natural body and got back into who he was from the beginning of time. And he just wanted to show the disciples one glimpse, this is who I am. And this is who you have the potential to be. This is what you're supposed to grow into. They were like, oh, we want to build a tent and we want to stay here. He's like, no, 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 you're not getting it. The point of my showing you my glory. And there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He gave them that glimpse of who he was to tell them what they were called to, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Wow. Amen. We are not predestined to be nice people. Predestined to be like Jesus. Amen. And that is the pursuit of the Christian life. How do we get transformed? Let me close with this. How do, we, how do I move in this transformational journey? Number one, the word is very clear. Romans chapter 12, verses 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word conformed is to be put into a, a mold. Okay, the world has a mold for you. Think like this, talk like this, act like this, behave like this, go after these things. That's the world's mold for us. The word says, don't be, don't squeeze in and fit into the mold the world has for you, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You know, the caterpillar inside, it, it breaks down everything, becomes jelly and reforms, right? It had, to, it had to get a new mind. It had to get a whole new way of working and doing stuff. It couldn't fly then, now it can fly. You know, it, it eats different stuff now. You know, the caterpillar eats the leaf, the butterfly feeds on nectar from the leaves. Completely, its digestive system and everything was like totally upside down. 
be transformed by the renewing. You need a new mind. The ways we are thinking, the way if it's not according to the word of the Lord, if it's not according to the seed that has been sown, then it needs to change. When it changes, you will find yourself being transformed. Now, in, in the context of confirmation, we are not to be insulated from the world, but we are to be we are to be insulated from the world, not isolated from the world. Okay, insulated, not isolated. We are, not, we are meant to be the boat in the water without having water in the boat. Amen? We have to be in the world, but we can't have the world in us. We can't be off the world. Amen? We can't be conformed to world systems. The world says wealth is everything, money is everything, your salary decides who you are, what your value is. But the word of the Lord says you're born again by incorruptible seed. That is your identity, that is your potential, that is who you grow to be. Amen. Jesus wasn't limited by world systems. Herod looked at him and said, no, Pilate says, do you even know that I can you know, kill you now? He says, you have no authority but what is given to you from heaven. I'm not under your system. I'm under another kingdom. I, we live and we abide by the, the rules of another kingdom. It's much higher than the kingdom of this world and the systems of this world. We are not meant to be slaves to world systems. We're meant to be sons of the kingdom. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Get a new mind. Get a new way of thinking. Think like how Jesus thinks. Amen. And when we begin to have a new mind, we will be transformed. Secondly, by beholding Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 says, But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a manner, the as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from Glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Beholding Him transforms you. You know, the, the, the cocoon, inside the cocoon, the, the caterpillar can see nothing else, can do nothing else, is like stuck there. Now we need to take times to just get stuck in the presence of the Lord. Shut the world out, cocoon yourself, you know, put on some worship music and just look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus. Just behold His glory. You're going to be changed. You're going to be transformed. You know, we don't, don't be, you don't even have to be talking about all the things you need to fix. You just have to look at Him and you'll know, you know, everything that needs to change, everything that needs to go. Beholding His glory transforms you. Amen. I don't know how many of us actually take time to just, you know, soak in the presence of God and the Spirit of God. And if you don't, if you're too busy for that, you need to, you need a re, you know, refocus, reshift to take time. You know, we're all like, a, a, I was saying yesterday at a session, we're like sponges. You know, when, we're, when the sponge is out in the dry a lot, it's hard, right? Good for nothing. It'll just spoil your whatever you want to clean with it. You need to soak it in some nice water a bit and slowly make it drink in so that once you squeeze the sponge, you know, what it was soaked in will come out. Some of us need to just soak in the presence 
of God. Because everything is coming out of you. Maybe, you know, everyone is telling you you're, you're this or you're that and, you know, the people can't handle you or whatever. If, if that's where you are, just get into the presence. Soak the Holy Ghost. Soak the presence of Jesus. And like a sponge, you know, the, all the hardness just gets softened as you're just there, as you're just worshipping. So when you get squeezed, which you will, trust me, yeah, out in the world, things will squeeze you. Sometimes just to test what's inside, uh, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus will come out. Amen. We're transformed when we behold Him, when we sit with Him, when we are worshipping Him. It's not enough, you know, this 30 minutes of worship Sunday morning. You know, if this is all the time that you have in the presence, or, you know, you're, you're going to be really hard, which is why we take so long probably to, to get it all up you know, on a Sunday morning. Become like hard sponges. No. You want to come soaked. You want to come in the presence and, you, you know, ready to, ready to just get squeezed out of His glory. Thirdly, thirdly, transformation through fasting. You know, those 10 days the caterpillar eats nothing. And in the, you know, eats voraciously before that, but inside the cocoon there is no food, it's starving, but it's transforming. Amen. Fasting, the, when the disciples asked Jesus about fasting, he said, you can't pour new wine into old wineskin. Unless you're transformed, there's no point in asking for the anointing, asking for the power of God. He's like, yeah, the wine is just going to break the wineskin and destroy you. You can't handle the wine of God, you can't handle the glory of God if you're not transformed and he spoke it in the context of fasting because fasting changes us enables and fills us with new wine that we're able to handle it without breaking amen finally we're transformed by who we hang out with by our associations who's who who you know who influences you hang out with transformed people if you're hanging out with the untransformed you're going to become like them. let's rise up to our feet as we just pray with this that we will Move on from being the caterpillar. Move on from our time inside the cocoon. And move into the glory of being in the image of Jesus. God's plan for us is not to keep us happy. Is not to make us, you know, happy people. Not to make us nice people. But to make us transformed people. Transformed into what? Into the image of His Son. He wants to see Jesus in us. He wants to see Jesus in you. He wants to see Jesus in you. What what is it that he's seeing now? He's like, you know, the Lord, I just feel the Lord is asking every one of us. I want to form the image of my son. I want you to become like Jesus. I want you to imitate my son. I want, he is, like his word says, the firstborn among many brethren. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Every one of us will look like Him. That's what He wants us to grow into. And this transformational journey doesn't end, you know, in a day. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process. Just pray with me. And just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I want to be transformed. I want to, just, I want to get on the journey, Lord. I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get stuck. Change my heart, Lord. Change my heart. And as you search your heart, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what is keeping the seed of your word from growing in my heart that I am not being transformed? 
what is choking the seed of your word is it netflix or is it you know binge watching of movies or is it binge eating i don't know what it can be for the, there are things that is just cho- choking the word of the lord and it is not able to bring out a harvest the holy spirit will empower us now as we repent spirit of god forgive us for all the other things we are sowing forgive us for all the other things we are valuing more than your word lord forgive us lord for taking your word so lightly when it is the incorruptible seed of the word of god that carries inside it potential and power for a new resurrection life it is already given to us in the form of promises and we just rejected and neglected and don't know how to grow it lord holy spirit help us forgive us lord the seed has just been lying around on the wayside it's the it's the life giving seed of the word of god it's just been thrown on the wayside of our hearts while we make room for all other kinds of stuff spirit of god have mercy on us have mercy on us lord Oh we want to plow our hearts this morning uproot lord those weeds uproot lord those weeds cares of this life pleasures of sin and the following after riches and wealth and name and fame holy ghost have mercy when the incorruptible seed of your word lies on the wayside lies choked lies lord rootless and fruitless lord We don't want to grow other stuff, Lord. We don't want to grow other stuff, Lord. We don't want to have a harvest of bad fruit, Lord. Holy Ghost, Lord, come. Lord, let's so make our hearts, Lord. Make our hearts good soil, Lord. Good soil, Lord. We have to weep. Oh, let us be hungry for the word that's being sown, Lord. Oh, let us voraciously devour the word of God. The word of God that creates sons of God. the word of the lord that makes us partakers of the divine nature the word of the lord the word of the lord of oh, such power in his word such power in his word ora zakalande ora zabarando rozo corende e alande oh we honor your word lord we honor your word lord we honor your seed holy ghost we honor your word lord we honor your word forgive us lord for neglecting it lord We honor the word of God it is seed it is seed it is seed it's going to bring a harvest of righteousness in my life I want to treasure it I want to value it Lord I want to nurture it Lord I want to grow it Lord and I want a great harvest in my life holy ghost Hosanna barande heyala torozorande holy ghost zekelendere Lord purchase Lord purchase uproot Lord approve lord everything that needs to go everything that needs to go khosa khalande orabaze kherende everything that needs to go lord it's got to go or oh, we want to be a lord a, a new soil new soil this morning plowed out and we pray that lord we will we will move from just hiding in the cocoon getting stuck in the cocoon getting stuck in our comfort zones lord and not moving on to maturity and transformation Oh you see glory in us we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus I want to be like Jesus 
I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. You shed your blood not to make me a nice person, but to make me, Lord, conform to your image. You shed your blood on the cross that I could be, Lord, a new creation, looking like you, Jesus, living like you, Jesus. I can't take your blood, Lord, and say, this is all I want. That's all I want. I don't want, to, I don't want everything you've died for me for, Lord. No, Lord, we can't say that. Oh, we want to say, I want to be like Jesus. 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 He's the one I'm going after. He's the one I'm going after. I want to be like Jesus. Amen, Lord. Let that be the prayer of your church. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop halfway. Amen. Amen. We're going to move on to transformation. Amen. We're going to soar like, like the butterflies that we were created to be in the image of God. We praise you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.